Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orson. And I'm Jessica Toon. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Kate. Hey, Jessica. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy April. Happy April. And it is April, so you know what that means. It's Fair Housing Month. Not the first thing I would have picked, but but yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, today, we're going to talk about occupancy. How many people is too many people in a property and what kind of policies could violate fair housing? First, let's talk about why fair housing is even involved in a discussion about occupancy requirements. Limiting occupancy in a property is important for health and safety reasons. Too many people in a unit and or multiplying too many people in a unit over an entire building can lead to fire hazards and physical limitations on buildings like sewer systems can lead to breakdowns in healthy living conditions. But if a housing provider applies onerous or inconsistent occupancy restrictions under the umbrella of quote unquote health and safety occupancy restrictions, they could be accused of not renting to a person or group based on the protected class of familial status. Familial status is defined in the Virginia Code in part as one or more individuals who have not attained the age of 18 years and who live with a parent or other person having legal custody of them. It also includes a person who is pregnant or in the process of securing legal custody of a person under 18. Now let's look at what the law says about occupancy. The Uniform Statewide Building Code contains a section that states an owner or managing agent of a residential dwelling unit may develop and implement occupancy standards restricting the number of occupants permitted to occupy a dwelling unit to two persons per bedroom, which is presumed to be reasonable. The building code goes on to note that each bedroom shall contain at least 70 square feet of floor area, and each bedroom occupied by more than one person shall contain at least 50 square feet of floor area for each occupant. Over in the fair housing part of Virginia code, under exemptions, you will see a section that states nothing in the Virginia fair housing law limits the applicability of any reasonable local, state, or federal restriction regarding the maximum number of occupants permitted to occupy a dwelling. It goes on to state that owners or managing agents may develop and implement reasonable occupancy and safety standards based on such factors as the number and size of sleeping areas or bedrooms and overall size of a dwelling unit, so long as they do not violate local, state, or federal restrictions. Finally, the Fair Housing Law exemption allows owners and managing agents to use the rental application to request information concerning the number, ages, sex, and familial relationship of applicants and intended occupants. Now let's jump from Virginia law to talk about HUD standards. While HUD has confirmed that there is no national occupancy standard or code, it released a memo in the 1990s stating that two persons per bedroom is reasonable under the Federal Fair Housing Act, but that standard is rebuttable. Rebuttable meaning that someone could argue that a rigid two-person per bedroom standard could sometimes lead to discriminatory results. HUD noted the following factors should be considered when determining occupancy restrictions, the size of the bedrooms in the unit, the age of the children, in other words, infants versus teenagers, 
The configuration of the unit, does it have any rooms not built as bedrooms, but could essentially function as bedrooms, like a den or a study? And whether there are any physical limitations on the housing, like the capacity of septic or sewer systems. The HUD standard also points to any state or local laws that apply. So in Virginia, you would look to the building code standard of generally two per bedroom, but also take into account the size of the bedrooms. It may be hard to hang your hat on two person per bedroom if the bedroom in question is 200 square feet when the building code lays out such an equation for determining. Likewise, if your locality has a zoning ordinance that covers occupancy and your standard is more strict, that's allowed, but you would want to take a good look at it to make sure you can defend that policy. For example, if you're managing a three-bedroom house, but one bedroom is only 75 square feet, your occupancy policy for that property may be five people instead of six. Or if the property has three rooms, which could be used as bedrooms, but only has a septic system to account for two bedrooms, you could reasonably limit the occupancy beyond a locality's maximum or beyond the two-person per bedroom reasonable standard. Conversely, if you have a one-bedroom property and a couple with an infant wants to move in, you may need to look more closely at the bedroom size and the space of the unit overall to determine whether that's reasonable. Okay, legal hotline time. We manage a property that is a three-bedroom townhouse. We received an application for a family unit with three adults, a couple and one of their parents, and six children. Our locality has a zoning ordinance that lays out maximum occupancy based on overall unit size and bedroom size. When we calculate the occupancy based on the listed bedrooms, we max out at eight people. However, the zoning ordinance does not include children in determining the amount of people permitted altogether in a unit, so by that calculation, having three adults living in the unit does not exceed the ordinance requirements. What should we do? That's tricky. You'll probably wanna take a holistic look at the size of the unit, the configuration of the rooms, the ages of the children, and the familial relationship of the occupants. For example, are the children all younger or do they range in age up to teenage years? Is there an expectation that the grandparent will be living in a bedroom by themselves, which would then reduce the number of bedrooms for other occupants? Are there other rooms in the townhouse that may function as bedrooms? If you determine that the space is not reasonable for that number of people, which may technically be more restrictive than the locality's ordinance, you may want to discuss this with a fair housing attorney to ensure that your standard will hold up under scrutiny. Kate, I manage a property and the owner wants to limit the occupancy to four people. Can the owner do that? It depends. The law says that owners may implement their own reasonable occupancy and safety standards, but they must be based on factors that include the size of the dwelling unit and size and number of bedrooms. So a limit of four people in a two-bedroom house with no other living spaces that could be used as bedrooms is perfectly reasonable according to all general standards, but anything different from that should be examined more closely before agreeing to implement such a standard. All right, let's talk about limiting your risk. When agreeing to manage a property, look at the size of the unit and the bedrooms, along with any physical limitations and local requirements to determine what a reasonable occupancy limit would be for health and safety purposes. Apply that policy consistently when possible. If you make exceptions, which is fine, make sure that you document them in writing. It's okay to keep two persons per bedroom as a starting point in your mind, but don't get so stuck on it that you risk violating fair housing. Property owners and managers are subject to fair housing rules.
rules. As a property manager, you cannot hang your hat on using your client's requested limit if it's discriminatory. One other thing that is examined when reviewing fair housing complaints about occupancy is whether the housing provider has made discriminatory statements or adopted discriminatory rules in the past governing the usage of common facilities or discouraging families with children from living in the property. It should go without saying, but don't do those things and do not work with a client who does those things. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are constantly changing. The information in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2022. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.